Welcome all my friends to the sweet spot where IT leaders share the insight with other leaders and others that want to lead. My name is Carlos Vargas, and as every week, I have my two co-hosts, Howard Holton and Paul Lewis. How are we doing today, guys? Hello, hello. This is too early for me. <laughs> <laughs> we normally do this recording in the wee hours of the afternoon. Yeah. That is, that is true. Yeah, I'm, I, I tell everybody, like, you get a very different Howard at 10 a.m. than you get at 8 a.m. And it is 8 a.m. where I'm at. <laughs> Do you have some coffee or, or no coffee or anything? I, I don't even have a glass of water. Like, that's how oh, that's perfect. how ill-prepared I am at 8. My calendar is blocked till 9 a.m. You can't even schedule an 8 o'clock call without, like, previous authorization. So, And it is, in fact, my <laughs> fault that we're doing this at 8 a.m. Just to be clear for everybody... I had a I had a nine o'clock conflict that showed up very late where I'm doing another webinar podcast type thing with another hundred people. So um, we had to do a last minute scramble. So I apologize to everyone that that uh, got that notification late. But um, but yeah, that's that's why we're doing what we're doing when we're doing. Um, love the pre roll, by the way. Yeah, that was awesome. What, so what's so special, great. Carlos, about today? Well, why why have you brought us together in this early morning? So. Interestingly enough, uh, one of the questions why we started the podcast was because there was a challenge in leadership, specifically within the tech world. Mm -hmm. We hear leadership in other areas. We have people leaders, but then there's a technology leaders are a little bit different. So I think that that is the topic that we want to address today to say, okay, is it the same thing? Or is there a difference in how we lead within the tech world or with people? So I have some thoughts um, and Howard will have some thoughts and I, I'm hoping <laughs> we both agree and disagree. Uh, bit of a change today though. This is, uh, we in fact have a studio audience today, which is awesome. We rarely have a studio audience. Oddly enough, we have in fact had studio audiences in the past, yeah. real life actually True. in person. Uh, which was great. And we had live questions. We're going to do the same kind of thing here. We'll do a 30 minute pod as we normally do. Um, and then we'll finish the pod as exuberantly as we can uh, and then go live Q and A. So if any anybody finds anything interesting, then either write in the chat that you're currently working on or feel free to live talk to us after. But today is about, I will say, yeah, go ahead. those that are at 10 o'clock their time will be far more exuberant than those that are at 8 o'clock their time, just for the record. <laughs> right. well, well, we do have virtual audience members around the world. We might have some some India leaders, some a some other APAC leaders, some EMEA leaders, America's leaders, uh, even, uh, even, uh, even some Pacific Standard Time. I don't know if they're up yes, right I now, but at least it's all being recorded. I very much appreciate those that got up early or stayed up late to watch us. Um, we're we're honored that you uh, that you're willing to do that for us. So thank you very much. And this is live. It is posted. You'll be able to see the recording both internally and externally, which is all great. Okay, so let's jump in because we don't have a lot of time. Uh, so the premise of the our talk here is technology leadership versus people leadership. What is the right mix? You know, snobs might refer to it as you know multi-dimensional technology leadership. Uh, we might also use that term or we might not, who cares? Uh, we're, we're not really snobs in the grand scheme of things, but let's start with a premise and I'm going to, I'm going to bounce it off you and you tell me if you think this premise is reasonable. So the premise is this, 
uh, as a technology leader, or arguably any leader, but let's focus on technology leader because we have a technology leadership audience in many ways. Uh, I need my team to hold two thoughts at once, right? Thought number one, that we are the same. And you can define that in many different ways, but let's say from a technology leader, we are the same means we are technologists are both of us. Uh, we're seeking, experiencing lifelong education and learning. We want to know and learn new interesting things all the time. Um, we demand sort of critical thinking. If we want to make decisions, we want to make sure we have the data and technology to prove that. I want to know as much as I can. I might even have a tad bit of absolutism in terms of technology decision making. So we are the same. But at the same time, we want our teams to know that we're different, right? Uh, and the difference might be in terms of context. We think of other business contexts. We participate more with our peers. So we have an appreciation of the peers' context of decision-making. Uh, that that uh, business decisions drive most technology decisions, not technology purity. So the absolutism becomes less absolute. And, and I've probably been promoted into the role I am based on you know, a display of skill. I've shown skills that are beyond technology or shown skills or at least an aspiration to do something different. So, so reflecting that, Howard, is that, do you buy that premise or do you buy something else? Um, I, I mostly buy that premise, hmm. right? Um, uh, I would say if you no longer have a love for technology, please get the hell out, hmm. right? Especially if you're a leader, especially. I was thinking about this when, when Carlos was kind of doing the intro um, uh, most COOs came from the business. Most that I'm aware of came from the business. VPs of operations mm -hmm. came from the business, right? Um, finance, and I apologize for all of you that are finance. I, I actually think you're alien, so I'm not sure why you get into finance, but, but that's because I don't understand the appeal, but, but like, we, we need you. <laughs> we love you. It's, it's great. Um, but you still come, note that like, you finance, like, oh. HR, marketing, they're all in the room, so. Feel I get free to offend um, all or none. All, all or all or all or none. Okay, um, I'm sure I'll, I'll offend some. I apologize for offending you, but only kind of. Um, it's just who I am. Um, like almost every other business unit, you come up through the ranks of that business unit. But it seems like IT. There's a lot of IT leadership that has no IT experience whatsoever. Hmm. And I, I kind of find it weird. Right. It's also part of the breakdown and part of the like continuous IT attitude where engineers and sysadmins don't respect their leaders because of that, that, that lack of experience, that lack of ever being in the trenches, that lack of, of ever understanding how this stuff works and, a, and an appreciation for sometimes effort that feels effortless. Um, and, and, and there's a lot of IT leaders that lack that desire to continually learn to constantly, you know, the, the constant discovery that comes along with what is arguably the fastest changing space in the world. But I have a, I have a deep legal background um, and what appealed to me about technology, um, you know, my dad was a law professor and what it attracted me to technology was it changed faster than the law. And the law is pretty dynamic. Um, you, could, mm. you could argue that medicine is the only thing that remotely keeps pace. There's constant and continual medical discoveries that are important that you need to keep up on. I can tell you after working with uh, with a, a health insurance company 
and side by side with doctors for half a decade, um, the number of doctors that are like, no, I got my PhD, I don't have to learn anymore, uh, is shocking. And and for technology, that's it's, that's a t akin to death. Um, and if you're a leader that doesn't do that, you, I promise your people have already held a funeral for your brain. But how much of that is purposeful versus, you know, happenstance, right? And, and I use that only because, you know, as you elevate through sort of the leadership hierarchy, by definition, you have to know less about the total, you know, the sum total of the teams that work for you, right? So if you're the CIO, the likelihood that you now have a practical knowledge of security and applications and infrastructure and project management and product management becomes low, right? I might have to be an expert in one of sure. those, but not all of those. Sure, but but you don't even need a practical knowledge. A conceptual knowledge is better than I think 80% of, 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 of IT leaders have, right? Of senior mm -hmm. IT executives have. Um, like you still have to have an appreciation for whatever your people do, regardless of, of where you're at in leadership. Right. If you don't, you start to become distant and, and it, and you start to fall into that, um, you kind of start to fall into that definition of people that their teams don't respect. And it's very hard to, to empathize with someone when you don't understand what they do, why they do it, the level of effort that it takes, any of those things, it's very hard to empathize. And, and you don't have to empathize with them perfectly, right? I've never, I've never held the role of project management. I had a PMP, like I've done project management, um, mm -hmm. but I've never held the role. And so do I know exactly what a project manager goes through every day? Absolutely not. Do I, can I empathize with them because I've been in the role at least enough to understand the difficulties and the steps and, and the fact that, that they get beat up on as the first line of defense from a customer, from, from whoever the customer is on the other, you know, the receiving side of the project, I absolutely mm -hmm. can. Have I worked for people that had no clue? I absolutely have. Did I like working <laughs> for them and continue to respect them year after year? I absolutely did not. So it is a premise for effectiveness then versus a reality of the world as we know it. So the premise being you need to yeah. hold you need your teams to hold two thoughts of you that you both have expertise in and have you know enjoyment in the subject matter and also have other things to think about right i i have other considerations my peers my boss my the business you know other things other than technology so if that's the goal well yeah go ahead so, so uh, the job of an engineer is the care and feeding of the system whatever the system happens mm -hmm. to be the job of a leader is the care and feeding of the people. And if you lack the empathy for the people and, and the job that they do, it's very, very, very hard to effectively care, to, to effectively care for the care and feeding of the people. Um, and I think that's where we get into trouble um, as leaders is, is, you know, when that distance becomes so great, you no longer have the ability to, uh, to, to easily empathize. Mm. Right. Does a lot of that come from now we'll get into sort of the multidimensional side, the uh, sort of the multimodal requirement of a leader and whether this is, you know, first line leader to to CEO. And I think the CEO might even be one of our listeners right now. <laughs> is it is it this modal multimodal thinking where not only do I have to think down, in other words, I have to think about my team and the effectiveness and efficiency of the team and the care and feeding of the individuals, plus I have to think about my contribution as a peer, 
right? Plus, I have to think about my contribution to the organization's effectiveness, i.e. top line and bottom line. Plus, I have to think about even my inside and outside. I have a voice inside my organization and I have a stagecraft voice outside of the organization, whether that be social media or stagecraft or, you know, media interviews, all those other things. Are those necessary distractions that that sort of create that multimodal effectiveness or or ineffectiveness? Um, I'm not sure I or like the term words? multimodal. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I've like, been I using multi-dimensional, right? Well, it's, I have skill sets beyond leading my team. Um, no, I agree. I just, I, I just think, I think we've invented a term that effectively means your job requires work that is different than the work you did before. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just think at some point, buzzword bingo, business buzzword bingo gets in the way, right? It just makes it sound right. smart when, in fact, it's just um, you have new you have new job requirements that maybe didn't exist before and didn't exist to the same level. Um, and, and, and yeah, absolutely. Right. A modern tech exec. And, and frankly, every, everyone should have your like work persona that you maintain for the job. And then your professional persona that you maintain to, for your career. And those, those two things are, are, are different, should be different and, and, and likely will always be different. And you need to care and feed for both of those. Mm. Right. And so to your point, right, as you become a tech executive, your external persona starts to become, I don't want to say as important, because the reality is if your, if your tech persona were to die, the business may take a small hit, right? If your professional, if your, if your business persona dies, the business takes a huge hit, uh, at least it better, or you're pretty redundant. You know what I mean? So which, which answers the, think my next important. question, which was, is there relative importance here? So as I'm elevating through the technology leadership or any leadership organization, does the relative importance of my team versus my peers versus my boss versus internal and external change? Well, let's, let's talk about the C, yeah. let's talk about a CIO, CTO, CDO, like a C-level role for just a second, okay. because that's actually three, three roles today and certainly in what we do, right? The first is the internal run the team, run the business, run the organization. Right, um, which is kind of the tactical piece of what we do, right? Sure, there's there's strategic planning, but it's really about is that plan being executed. Then the second one is still internal, but that is the the kind of C level strategic, um, you know, kind of company wide strategy around leveraging technology, what you know, and that kind of alignment, and that's that's really a second role. Um, and I say that because you could be really good at the first role, not so good at the second role, and still have the CTO title or the CIO title. And there's plenty of people who do who who do that effectively, especially at large organizations. Um, and then the mm -hmm. third is that external role, right? And so you you kind of have three roles that you need to do. If we remove the third one, because not everyone does that, not every CIO and CTO is on stage, or speaks externally, or 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 maintains much of an external presence, and just look at the first two, I think where a lot of leaders get into trouble is they don't properly feed those two roles and they don't properly find a balance between those two roles, right? In some cases, they're extremely kind of strategic and they're very, very top down, right? They don't lead from the front. And that doesn't mean sitting at a keyboard, right? That means under that, that level of empathy and understanding with what all of your people do so, you, so they feel like you represent them and instead you represent the business. 
And that's mm -hmm. kind of the level of strategy, right? When I'm, when I'm thinking strategically, I'm representing the business as a whole. I'm re representing the needs of the company and I'm designing the goals, features, functions, purpose, strategy, and execution of the organization. And if I spend too much time there, I turn my people away. At, on the other hand, if I spend too much time on the, on, on the pure execution and too much time kind of at the, the, the individual person level, then I turn the business away from technology, right? And we start to become one of those things that never quite delivers what the business needs, doesn't really do it timely. And you can see that reflected in, holy crap, we have a lot of shadow IT. Mm -hmm. And then the third is if I spend too much time on the external stuff, the stuff that's that that frankly is better for me than it is the business, right? That's probably 60% good for me and 40% good for the business. And I spend too much time there, then I'm the absentee landlord. Hmm. This has right? been and my so biggest really pushback against, th this has been my biggest pushback against Gartner's bimodal IT philosophy, right? Is that you as an IT leader need to have both the, um, have to have two different styles of work, we'll call it, right? You need to have the style that focuses on predictability, keeping the lights on, red, green, yellow projects, blinking lights in the data center, and a style that focuses on exploration. And I don't know what the percentage mix they're sort of suggesting, but they keep suggesting that it's either you have to make a decision, that everybody has to be like that, or it's not philosophically possible to be mostly one of those things. And, and I think it's philosophically possible, and this is where you may disagree with me, to feel to be just one of those things and create a team under you or with you that fills in the gaps of the other things. So I would be okay that a leader is mostly focused on exploration while they have a second in command or a, or a, a chief of staff that's focused mostly on predictability. Do, do you buy that or would you prefer a healthy mix of both? Hmm. I mean, I think just like the, it's kind of Schrodinger's cat, right? The act of observation changes the very thing being observed. Um, the, the act of being cognizant enough to set up that team is also kind of being bimodal, even if the bimodal is 90, 10. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just thinking right? the individual like, day to day. Like if I take myself, no. I, I, ha I lack almost entirely predictability, right? I, I lack day-to-day -day operational IT thoughts and concerns. And therefore I have a team of people and leaders in that team that focus on the amazing work it takes to keep the data center running, right? Well, well, I don't do that. But if I didn't invest in that team and that leadership and that style, then I would have to spend more time in that world. No, I, I, I think there's a difference between, um, I, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about my website saying online. Right. I don't invest a lot of my time and energy there. However, I do invest the time and energy in, do I have the right people? Do they understand what they're doing? Do they have the tools they need? Have I given them what they need to succeed? I think there's a big difference between those two things. Right. Um, I think, I, I think senior executive leaders get into trouble when they spend too much time worrying about the website being online. Right. Especially if, if you either are removed from the keyboard, you have the skills, but you're removed from the keyboard or you don't have the skills and knowledge. Right. Um, because it tends to make you a little too much of a micromanager. You know what I mean? You're constantly looking for feedback that you need to get somewhere. And so that tends to put load on your, on your people. Um, 
but I think I, I I I don't think there's anything wrong with saying I've put the right people in place. I trust my people to do what they're doing, and I'm all I ask for is feedback on have I given you everything you need to succeed, and how what can I give you that'll that'll make your success easier. I, I think that's different than, you know, I think those are two two kind of different things, right? Um, and, and I think one is far healthier than the other. Um, mm. I, and frankly, I think the easiest thing to do is is start figure out ways to do three sixties, figure out ways to do. Um, reverse uh, um, reviews, right? Make sure that you're getting feedback from your people and, and do what you can to collect it anonymously, right? People don't like to tell their boss they're doing a bad job, that the boss is doing a bad job, right? But but see if you can figure out a way to do that, you know, talk to your HR partner and say, hey, can you do a, 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 a like a 360 review involving my team and, and give me some anonymous feedback? Um, I, I mean, I think just the act of doing that and being genuine about it is a step in the right direction. Right, it it continues to connect you to your people, um, and I think that's the important part. I don't think being involved in the day to day is the important part as much as it is, as it is having empathy for what it takes to be involved in the day to day. That's the important part. Well, everybody's involved day to day. The question is, what are they doing? No, 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 no. their day to day. Their day to day. Right. It's yeah. it, it's your people's day to day. Right. Yeah. Having empathy for the people that work for you. Keeping in mind, right, that 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 without us, they're still going to get the day to day done. Right. If you eliminated executive leadership completely, um, the day-to-day -day will still get done. It may not get done in a cohesive way where everybody's working together towards the same goal. Fine. Right. It may not be the most efficient. But within IT, I guarantee every single system will stay online if you get rid of executive leadership. Every yeah, single thing that's online today produced. will stay online. Correct. Yeah, the toilet Correct. paper will still, still get to the, the stores. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Correct. All right, so, so let's, we need let's shift slightly. far more than they need us, right? Yeah. Fair enough. Let's shift slightly to style because we we dipped on a little bit with the bimodal style, or at least the styles of work. You have heard me say many, many times, and you've uh, been the receiver of this style, <laughs> that my style almost entirely is total empowerment, 100% transparency. That That is my focus. That's what I do my best to ensure occurs. Is that style um, both reasonable for any level or should it change as you elevate through the organization or is it a an unpredictable and insane stuff Ooh. uh i think all, I, think, I think actually everything you said is true i don't think it's an i think all of that is true so one of the things that i found um i, I like being incredibly transparent and incredibly kind of open door Ask me anything, anytime, and and what I will tell you is one of three things is a response. Um, here's the answer, completely honestly and transparent. Um, no, I cannot tell you that for the following reason. Like like the company considers that protected information, board level information, CXO level information. I cannot share that outside of that of the executive team. I've had to do that, but very very rarely. And I generally will fight with my executive team to make that information available. <clears throat> And then the third, the third answer you'll get is I don't know, and then I'll go find out. And right. and I'm happy to say I don't know. Um, I actually think that's the most powerful thing a leader can say is I don't know because it sets the stage. It it says hey, it's if I'm allowed to say I don't know, you're also allowed to say I don't know. I can't have a right. false expectation for you that I don't have for myself. Um, so I encourage people to say I don't know, and I encourage leaders to 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 say I don't know, especially when you take over a team. Like say I don't know relatively early. Like I don't know. Let's figure it out together. Like I don't know. I'll go find the answer. Um, but right. but I think one of the challenges with being transparent, two, there's two. The first is people don't expect it. 
<clears throat> and so they're kind of waiting for the shooter drop. And so you kind of have to get over that gulf of, no, this is actually how I work and this is real. I'm not putting on a front. Um, it's right. just easier to be transparent, right? Um, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm on the spectrum. So, so for me, I, it's, it's hard for me to do anything else. Um, and, and, and the ADD means I wouldn't remember it if I did something else. So it's just easier just to be transparent. So it's a little <laughs> jarring for people to get that level of transparency and they kind of wonder like, what's going on? Is this real? <clears throat> and then this, the, the other one is um, because most people don't understand what the job of an executive really is, they don't really, they don't always understand the answer that they get, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we say things where they don't get the context or the nuance or the reason for the answer, the perspective. And so the answer sometimes is very unsettling. Um, and if you don't catch it and go, oh, wait, let me explain the, the context behind that so that you, so you can, in fact, understand why I would say what I just said um, and, and what it means and why it means what it means, um, it can be really unsettling to people to, to, um, to kind of do that. I, I agree. For me, transparency yeah. is almost entirely context. It's not just I have information that I'm... I want to share with you because I think you need all the information that's possible to have for you to make appropriate decisions, but also why decisions were made in context that you weren't privy to. Maybe it's a business decision. Maybe it's a board decision. Maybe it's a five-year decision versus a one-month decision. All of those make a pretty big difference on why we move one way. But that's the transparency side. How about the empowerment side where I would focus most of my time and energy on ensuring the direction is set, but the day-to-day -day work, the week-to-week -week work, even the month-to-month -month work is now your responsibility versus me probing on, on whether that activity gets done or not. Is no, that, no. That's is, is, does that that's differ through the hierarchy? I guess is the question. No, not at all. No. Not at all, right? Um, I, I like to say I hire adults, hmm. right? And, and, and that's what I do, I hire adults, right? I, I'm not hiring you to be babysat. I'm not a micromanager at all, not even close, right? Um, matter of fact, I, I generally expect you to give me updates. And if I need to know something, I would just ask rather than right. me kind of sit on your shoulders and constantly expecting updates. <clears throat> um, and I think it's really, really critical. Y you get the, if you have the responsibility for the success, you must have the authority to execute against that success. Must. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, you have the authority and the autonomy to do the job. Um, I will frequently ask every single one-on-one, -on -one, am I giving you what you need to succeed? I may not ask that exact thing, but that's the purpose of the one-on-one, -on -one, right? Um, what do you need to, to, to be more successful? Um, and, and, and that's really the job. Um, the job is for me to make sure you understand what the strategy, the goal, and the purpose are, and the vision and, and all that stuff, right? The VSEM pieces. Um, and then for you to be able to tell me where you have roadblocks that I can help move out of the way. Um, that's the, that's totally the job. Um, and I don't have time to get into your stuff. Like, I don't have time to meddle. I don't want to meddle. I have no interest in meddling. If you need help and I have experience, ask. That's what I'm here for. Um, and I may offer. And if you don't want it, that's okay too. I don't, I'm not here to do your job and, and I'm not here to step on you and I'm, I'm, I'm here to support you. And that's really the, the, the job. The job is to support you. Right. Good. Well, and the worst part of the job are when you came to end on that so if we think about before we close we talk about the executives but we also have a lot of audience that listen that are starting their journey where should they focus because as, as i was listening to both of you 
there's really good nuggets, but someone that may be starting in a new role as a manager or that they're not a manager, but they're the leader of the team. There's someone that may be managing, like you said, that they came from another area. Where should they focus? Should they continue with the technology side or should they focus into the people leadership side? Quick, before we finish. So I'll give you my, you my 10 seconds, right? Um, the team gets praise, the leader gets the opposite, right? If, if something went wrong, if something broke, if something failed, take that on your shoulders as the leader, that's your fault. It's always your fault. You put the wrong person in charge. You didn't set them up for success, whatever. It's always your fault. Take it. Share the praise with the team. If you need to correct someone, you correct someone individually, one-on-one, -on -one, and do it from the perspective of you as the leader own the failure because you didn't set them up for success. So start by, start by saying, hey, this didn't work. What can I do to help you in the future so that we don't make the same mistake twice? As a new leader, that's the best thing you can do. Forget about the rest of it. The rest of it doesn't actually matter. Do that. That's the best thing you can do. And then build the other skills as you continue. Um, and always, always, always remember, we manage things, we lead people. Yep. And my closing advice would be rethinking what first team looks like when you become a new manager, right? So when you become a new manager, a new director, a new VP, new CXO, rethinking about who your first team might be. In other words, people who you report who report to you or people who are your peers or people who you report to or people that are outside the organization, that changes as you elevate. So really think about the percentage of time you should spend with your peers as a CIO versus the manager of SRE. Oh, cool. So there you have it, my friends. Take the time to get all those nuggets Sometimes you're gonna lead people, but the technology gonna help you to understand it, but not just focus just on the technology that you forget the people. So make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.